Hello and welcome to The Law of Realism. I'm so excited to bring you this first episode and I would just like to preface it with a few things just before I go into this week's episode. This project isn't just uh, this podcast, I guess. It's The podcast is one aspect of it. Um, a big part of it is community projects that we do hope to bring in the near future and the sole mission is to create a safe and authentic space for dialogue no gimmicks no advertisements no capitalist structures you will not hear any i guess advertisements or anything being sold to you in any way it's just my hopeful voice and my heart hoping to propel us all forward into living a meaningful life as i said before in the teaser i do not presume to have it all figured out i'm also still figuring it out while i'm going on this journey as well spirituality and authenticity are at the heart of everything i do and i'm really really excited to just go on this journey and i would appreciate any feedback uh the listeners i saw on the analytics i was so surprised to see the geographical locations i saw hungary on there as the second country that it was most streamed in for the first uh intro um i saw kenya egypt so so cool honestly and welcome to the family i'm so excited to like just uh, create an audience now and let's go into this first episode without further ado today's episode is on evolution of the self quietening the amygdala and authenticity and i'd like to start off with this quote by john butler to make whole be whole when i was writing out my structure for this episode i was Reminded by how many reinventions I've had in my personal and my professional life. In my professional life, I went to an international school on the coast of Mombasa, Kenya. There I wanted to be a teacher or a diplomat. I wasn't quite sure which one just yet. When I was back in the UK at secondary school, whilst I was taking my GCSEs, I wanted to be an English teacher. Um, My English teacher was like, the most incredible woman and I honestly like could not tell you her name right now but she gave me a set of books and it was a complete work of Shakespeare and I still have it to this day she gave me the breadth of creativity and knowledge and so much understanding in what it meant to be open be free and I don't know it was just such an interesting period of my life that I was like, yep, I'm going to be an English teacher. At sixth form, I wanted to be a nurse or a midwife. And finally, at university, I had high hopes of being a diplomat. Serving the world in some way and wanting to fix all the issues in the world. I wanted to be the one who fixes poverty and women's health and all of it. I I just had this determination. Um, After graduating, though, life comes at you fast and I came to a complete standstill I went into banking and that's a story for another day and the only anomaly in my professional history when I was reflecting I realized that they all tied together at the heart of it I wanted to be in servitude to others from a very young age and it felt like my purpose in life was to support people I didn't know how or what would be permanent but that's all I knew And that probably stems from the fact that I'm the eldest daughter in an immigrant family and 
I had to figure out a lot of things on my own. I was the first to go to university and to gain an education. Bless my parents, they didn't know much. They didn't have the tools to give me anything as far as professional life and, and the working world. And without turning this into a self-indulgent monologue, my point is when I wanted to be a nurse and midwife, when I wanted to be a teacher, when I wanted to be a diplomat, even when I went into banking, all of those things have a direct correlation to that core thing I was running away from, my purpose of I want to help people and self-evolution to me is directly tied to that finding your authentic self the society we live in right now has huge huge issues with dislocation so many people feel separated from who they truly are and who the world wants them to be capitalist society sadly is making people physically and mentally ill the aggression we see the lack of honesty the competition, the deep isolation that people are experiencing that has been since exacerbated since COVID and the lack of justice are creating actual impacts on the health of ourselves and our communities. The way we treat people and ourselves is having physiological impacts that cannot be ignored. Today I'll be focusing on three aspects of these L's, self-concept, fair and authenticity. of self-concept I think a lot about how I'm definitely trying to reach some level of professional and emotional equilibrium that not only alleviates my own issues but the suffering of others um I think a lot about how I want to be of value to others and my north star is finding true contentment in myself now Self-concept requires a lot of work. It, it might not be like a groundbreaking concept, but it requires a lot of discipline. It requires a lot of compassionate inquiry, looking into yourself deeply and genuinely, unraveling all the ideas that you might have about yourself and going straight to the core. I'm a firm believer in everything that you need is right there inside you. And my mentor, an incredible woman in her 50s that I look up to in many ways, and what might me saying this, is that she told me that the goal in her very early life was wealth. Uh, she's an incredibly bright woman who's achieved a number of different things. She's started at different companies. She's consulted for hedge funds and some of the biggest financial firms. And she was telling me all about how she spent 20 years chasing that financial freedom. And despite her background, she reached that goal. She bought many homes. She secured uh, financial, well, she got financial security for her kids and her grandkids. She reinvented herself in so many different ways. But what she was looking for was inner peace. And I'm not talking about, you know, the Buddhist tradition or anything to do with spirituality. I'm talking about just the general sense of peace inside and self-concept. She felt like she hadn't found what she was really looking for. And after all that financial success, life very quickly became about finding true joy and contentment in her sense of self. Her only regret was not making that her North Star at the start to begin with. 
she tells me all about how her life could have unraveled in so many different ways and so many different emotions and being true to herself genuinely would have got her to that financial stability that she was looking for anyway evolution of the self doesn't have to be this huge ground like groundbreaking concept to me it really isn't it's about living in my internal truth and how honesty is so deeply important to my life's work to every project that I undertake to every commitment that I stick to to the everyday right and I want you to just notice how I say that my north star and my goal isn't about material uh wealth uh it isn't about yep I need to make x amount of money by this year I need to do this by that year it it is about a level of discipline and dedication but when you tap into the your your raw self and you look at your self-concept as who am I uh, who am I in private? Who am I to my friends? Who am I in the professional world? Who am I to my parents? And that, once you uncover it, gives you the goal that you want to reach. In my personal experiences, I can truly say that when I've veered away from that and I've not stuck to that core gut instinct and I've strayed away from my self-concept it's honestly put me in some really dangerous situations and it's interesting how you only realize that after you've hit rock bottom and I think I for me I became an amalgamation of all the noise surrounding me I had a insanely low self-esteem and my belief system unraveled in so many ways it made me physically ill my dopamine receptors reduced significantly and I came into contact with some strange habits. I truly believe that the keys to unlocking and tapping away from all of those things are figuring out your likes and your dislikes, using compassionate inquiry to really peel the layers. It's essential in self-transformation and finding purpose and self-evaluation is critical in that. It's not easy very difficult and it requires a lot of hard work but it's worth it God actually sent me a quote during that time of great turbulence in my life and among other things it put this concept of being truly in sync with myself and my true nature as the key it went along the lines of you're not going into the right direction unless there's something pricking you in the side telling you look here this way that part of you loves you so much that it doesn't want you to lose a chance. It will go to extreme measures to wake you up. It will make you suffer greatly if you don't listen. What else can it do? That's its purpose. So the fracturing that you might feel can just be that when it comes to self-concept. All human beings have an innate healing capacity as my therapist loves to reiterate. No amount of trauma can't not be unearthed and be dealt with. It's only with honesty, compassion and being in sync with the emergence of who you truly are to the core and a commitment to rejection of denial, dishonesty, will you really find wholeness. Directly correlated to this concept is fair. And with that, I've got my book recommendation for the week, Stephen Pressfield's The Art of War, where 
If you know me in person, then you'll know that I find many self-help books deeply frustrating and self-serving. I always get this feeling of, well, the author's droning on and on for 500 pages for no reason. This could have been condensed into two chapters and what's going on here, basically. Discernment is important here, though, and if it doesn't speak to you and you can't relate to it, that's okay. Stephen Pressford wants you to know that it's not you. It's resistance that's stopping you from being active and there's a quote in the book I actually got on my wall where he says most of us have two lives the life we live and the unlived life within us between the two stands resistance there is no need to blame yourself for being lazy or all these other kind of things uh you don't want to look at yourself as I can't do this I'm not doing this it's really just looking at resistance in the eye and arming yourself against it to ultimately be it right the writer describes that we have to be warriors in order to meet our goals if we approach life as amateurs then we'll stay like that we should act like professionals so if you're going to work you uh might put your your shoes your pants your shirt and everything ready for the morning where you're up at the crack of dawn right you need to have that same energy for yourself Every creative process, every moments where you're like, I need to do this and I need to do that to do the work within myself, it needs to come with that energy. And for creative processes, which is what it talks about in the book, you need to be tuned into it and get ready for it. And it's so interesting how resistance and fear is a huge part of what's stopping us from reaching our goals. Um, I did a lot of research into this on the science of it so I could truly understand my own brain and it led me to the amygdala which is a small region in the brain it's in the temporal lobe under the bone so if you think of where your air and your eye meet right in the middle of that intersection is where it is the amygdalae are clusters of almond shaped cells in the base of your brain and this is where your emotions are regulated it basically stores memories and then attaches those memories to specific emotions and while it's important the amygdala can hijack the more rational brain processes that keep us from feeling anxious and unsafe and uncomfortable it can create increased drug or alcohol use as well as symptoms of anxiety depression and obsessive compulsive behavior Um, it can be really counterproductive and create a number of destructive coping strategies remember how I said I went through certain things and it created a ton of other issues yep they were all because I was terrified I was so scared of my own um, future that I would instead just surrender myself to hijacking all the rational parts of my brain and I was just in a constant state of survival I start shifting the narrative of what I felt about fear because I was in a position in my life where it was either fight or flight I could really sit there and deal with my stuff or I could surrender to it it could be the most incredible moment even though it was a painful period of my life I could let that be the defining moment for the rest of my life or I could sit there and 
I don't know. Like I, I didn't want it to take control is, is what my point is. I had to keep thinking about how and why I was feeling what I was feeling. I had to have this curious, compassionate voice inside myself and figure out why am I so scared? Because really it's not about the fear. It's something deeper a lot of the time. You're not actually scared about talking to strangers. It's about something more than that. Um, you might not feel like you're articulate enough, which I'm guilty of quite a bit. You might you might think that you might come across as strange. Your brain puts a lot of these things in your head. Sorry, not your brain, your mind creates a lot of things in your head that aren't actually true. And you should see self-doubt as an ally. When we doubt things, it's because we want them to be true. And if you're questioning yourself and you're questioning why you might you might be feeling that way, you will really be able to get into the mindset of controlling that fear. Um, it makes me think of Henry Fonda and how even at the age of 75, he was still throwing up every time he had to go on stage. His fear was always there. And no matter how big the fear, it will always still be there every single time if you don't face it and battle it to achieve what you want resistance has no power on its own it's fueled by our own fears but overcoming and like truly controlling those fears will you really be it and live the life that you want to live I it's so interesting how honestly when I start talking about fear I get so passionate because I let it control me for so long and now that I've overcome a lot of my fears and I feel so different I feel so differently about them I'm like I wish I did this all along and I I don't know I feel like when you hit rock bottom you you just like you really just wish that people didn't have to go through suffering to see those parts of themselves wouldn't it be amazing if like you didn't have to go through anything to really just figure out who you truly are I think it'd be just I think it'd be great to be fair and um maybe there is greater wisdom in that I guess um the last quote that I want to end on in that book is that the professional cannot allow the actions of others to define their reality. Anyone or anything telling you that you should be fearful of your goals and who you truly are is maybe isn't questioning themselves enough and they're projecting it onto you in a sense. And I'm very careful of using words like projecting because um who knows the context there could be a million different reasons why they might be behaving that way but you can't let other people or anything in your personal life stop you from becoming who you want to be and authenticity is the most beautiful thing that I want to end on in this topic really insightful video uh, by Dr. Gabor Mate entitled The Wisdom of Trauma which you can find on YouTube please watch it if you haven't and according to him authenticity is literally necessary if we want to survive in nature we can only be authentic when we're connected and in touch with our body and our feelings imagine that connection interrupted and it becomes clear that we won't survive for long in the wilderness but when it comes to authenticity, there are so many ways that you might not really tap into that. For example, if you feel frustrated about 
um, the way your colleagues might be operating at work or you miss fulfillment or purpose or you're overwhelmed with your day-to-day workload. You literally feel it in your body and your emotions that something's not right. Your gut instinct knows while your mind keeps suggesting it is what it is, it's going to change, it's going to be okay, you can keep going forward but will it really? Has it changed or how long do you want to wait? Your gut tells you when your mind operates as a way of deflecting from that and according to Dr. Matei, we're actually slowly dying if we don't respond to our authentic feelings such as frustration, missing fulfillment or the the sense of being really overwhelmed. He says that when we don't listen to that, we often revert to four behaviours which we have a strong negative effect on our health and which are literally capable of killing you. The first one is to place other people's needs before our own. The second one is the compulsive need to fulfill duty and responsibility rather than being authentic. The third one is suppressing strong emotions. And the fourth one is the belief that you are responsible for other people's feelings. Now, when you look at your life, how many of those four behaviours represent you? How many do you exhibit exhibit yourself? And for me, when I first saw it, I could literally shoot my hand up at the first one, two, and four. I might not, I may have been incapable of suppressing strong emotions. That come very naturally to me to be an emotional person and bear myself quite openly. But the other three I could relate to completely. And especially as a woman, the fourth one, the belief that you're responsible for other people's feelings. And the fact is, to break the unhealthy patterns of our existing way to work and succeed and to find a more authentic and healthier pathway for ourselves, we need to break those old and tried behaviour patterns. There needs to be a way to find and go back to our own authenticity. And even though we might have forgotten what that really is everything works when you continuously do the same thing over and over again if you tap into the things that make you happy for example and you listen to your gut instinct over and over again your brain will start to rationalize that as fact not anything else Because gut feelings are essential for your survival. We've literally evolved out there in nature for millions of years because of that. And when you don't fit into that, for when you don't tap into that, sorry, for the sake of fitting into society or your family and you give up that connection to yourself just for the sake of attachment, for example, you become really authentic. You stay stuck in this mode of survival because you're afraid you're afraid of being rejected maybe you're afraid of people not understanding you and it really leads to damaging relationships with yourself and with others it has really bad implications and I I honestly didn't realize until I had this conversation with my therapist about how there can be physical manifestations in your body when you reject yourself and 
in authenticity outside of it being a moral judgment or anything like that it's something that people do to survive it's how we cope in a sense whether you do it to cope or whether you do it to live or just move through this earth inauthenticity robs you and more importantly the people in your life from making decisions from showing up in your life from communicating with you from even wanting to be in your life to be fair because if you think about it if you're hiding behind this cloak of inauthenticity and you're showing up in people's lives as a false person and not being who you truly are whatever that might be good or bad it robs them of making decisions and it isn't fair I think it genuinely is priceless to know yourself and living in this place of conformity and fitting in is so detrimental to your health and your well-being. I truly believe that at the end of it all, living authentically as possible and transparency, kindness gives you connection to human beings and healthy development when we connect to that completely and we are in sync we're authentic we aren't living in fear you establish greater emotions and relationships and it is what will truly set you free thank you so much for listening in uh that was such a long episode for me to record and do all of these things but it's so interesting how i was talking about fair and even listening back to it through the recording process and the editing process uh researching the amount of effort and energy i put into this i kept thinking about how i'm also scared this is really scary and that's okay um i truly want to embody the fact that light vulnerability openness honesty random acts of kindness and gratitude will be paramount in setting yourself free letting go of any of the issues that you might be holding in your heart anger and all of the other negative emotions that you might feel opening up all those layers will truly make your value to yourself and to others to your community, your neighborhood, the world, the earth, and everything else. Thank you so much for listening in with me. I'm your host, Muna Mohammed, and join me next week on a conversation on womanhood, people pleasing, and so much more. That should be a way more hopeful episode, I guess. Um, not even hopeful to be fair, a more happier episode. And have a lovely week ahead. I hope you all have a productive, nice, beautiful moments that truly send to you within yourself, that connect you to the earth and the world. Bye.